Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another podcast. Shirley Boys alumni, New Zealand under-20s captain and crusader Tom Christie shares his journey to the top. We talk about dealing with injuries, why he plays rugby, and what it's like being a part of the best world-class institution, the Crusaders. TC is a classic example that you don't have to go to a big rugby school to be successful. Thanks for jumping on, brother. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another podcast. On this episode, we've got a good uh, mate of mine, TC, Tom Christie from Christchurch. Welcome to the podcast, my man. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, bro. How are you? What's been happening? No, I'm good, man. Um, just kind of ticking away in Christchurch. In the background a little bit, been injured for a while now. So kind of just doing a lot of things differently than what I normally would. Yep. Just trying to change it up, get a bit fresher. And yeah, it's... Long-term injuries are a pretty interesting topic, so kind of just, yeah, trying to make sure I'll be back next year fresh and kind of living it up a little bit this year, all within reason, but kind of doing things that we wouldn't normally get to do, which has been main. Yeah, that's good, bro. Nice. Kind of doing the, sorry, touching on, as you mentioned, doing things a little bit differently. Um, how so? Like, what are you kind of doing a little bit different? Oh, I just found myself, like, connecting with a lot more of like my mates from school trying to hang out with like them a lot like just kind of I think yeah it gets a little bit hard when you're kind of in that um, professional sport environment and like the big thing for me is I just don't want to lose touch with all those guys so like this year has been like mean to like see my mates kind of do things like they would do get up to things with them and just like hang out really so it's been mean eh? yeah good it's good that you can kind of not make time, but kind of have time to, to spend. Yeah, because yeah, I, I suppose ordinarily you don't really have enough time to to spend time with them. It's, it's like it's a real weird one, eh? Because like, if you look at our schedules, like we've got heaps of time, but it's like yeah. time that we'll like need to like park up and just do nothing. Like yeah. Otherwise, you just end up living this real hectic lifestyle, and that can be fun. Like don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like yeah. That, you got to kind of pick and choose your moments, pick and choose your battles a little bit when you want to go and when you want when you want to kind of take it easy a little bit as well. Yeah, for sure. I suppose it might be a good break for you though, because after you left school, you're kind of full on with footy all year round. So, in hindsight, has it been kind of good for you to kind of get a long term injury and just kind of relax and reset? I think like reflecting now, like yeah, at the start, obviously, and like my mindset towards rugby has always been just play, 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 try to get better, get better, get better. Like, so like, um, and I've actually, this is my second kind of long-term injury. I had a 12-weeker last year, but I just got real lucky with COVID, kind of got it the last game um, before COVID and kind of had that whole lockdown to get my body right. Um, and that injury was actually probably harder on the harder on the head than this one, just because I feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more like, um, established I guess now that like a break's good um whereas last year was probably a bit more frightening yeah to be fair yeah right I suppose um like you, last year you had a north and south trial which would have been epic keen to touch on that later um you've made your crusaders debut you've notched up a few caps for them and Canterbury captain in the uh, New Zealand 20s um at your second world cup and obviously taking it out uh, your first year of 20s but it all kind of started at, at Shirley Boys. Tell us about Shirley Boys, bro. Like, how how big is it? Well, it's, it's surprisingly, it's actually quite a big school, but not a big sporting school. Um, so I think when I first started before the earthquake, because my year nine was the earthquake year, I think we were actually one of the biggest boys' schools in the South Island. We had like 15, 1,500 maybe boys. Yeah. And then after the earthquakes, kind of, I don't know what the number would have got down to, but it did um, get a weave it down because everyone kind of left Christchurch and fleed a little bit. Um, but it, yeah, it's, historically, it's not a huge sporting school. We've only got a handful of All Blacks, the likes of kind of Chris Jack, Brian Crotty, are the more recent ones. Um, and then there's only a handful more that kind of get to that super level or play league. A lot of league, a lot of leagues kind of come out of Shirley boys. Um, 
but yeah, it's a real special place. Like I had opportunities to go elsewhere through scholarships and whatnot, and just through kind of some of the people there. I think it just kept me there, and kind of that was a huge part of like me getting to where I am today. Just in terms of character, more than anything, I reckon. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting because I suppose when you're in that rugby scene especially at that age, you kind of want to go to like the bigger schools. And in your case, it would have been Christchurch Boys, Christ College, St. Andrews. Yeah. Was there not much pull from them or? Uh, there was like a little bit, like, but I kind of never really made myself like too available. And like, there, it was, I've got a kind of big loyalty thing. Like, I'm, like I'd hate to kind of, it would have been year 11 or year 12 where I would have made the move. And by that point, it's like, well, like I've committed to this school. Um, like, if I want to do well, like, I prefer to stick it out with this school and see these guys do well, even if it's not winning a title or winning a championship. Like, taking your school from eighth to fourth rather than going to the strongest school and winning is probably a little bit more rewarding for me. Yeah, nice. Um, and like, it's just like, yeah, little things like that. And, like, the people that you meet, I remember one conversation at Shirley Boys. I think it was year 11. Um, and I never even, to be perfectly honest, never even knew what New Zealand schools was my first year playing first 15. And in my coach's feedback, like, meeting at the end of the year, the coach was like, I reckon you're a good shot for this um, New Zealand schools in year 13 if you, like, put your head down and work hard. And that mm. was kind of first time I ever thought about it as a goal, first time I ever knew about it. <laughs> and like that's kind of what made it for me and it's one thing that I actually reflect on now and it made a huge difference I reckon so, so you're saying that's almost like your turning point when you kind of thought it could be a realisation a little bit like, I, I always had ambitions of playing high level rugby like, I always wanted to um, like play for the Crusaders play for the All Blacks mm. like, those are all, both still goals um, but like that was kind of the first time I was like I had a target um, and something to like really aim for that was I probably didn't know it at the time, but other people believed it was like within my reach. Yeah. And like that, when you're, I would have been 15, 16, having someone like believe in you properly and not like the superficial stuff, like actually someone being like, nah, like this could be you, like actually this is how you're going to get there. Like for a 15 year old boy, like fuck, that makes a difference. Yeah. Hugely. That's the world to you, eh? Yeah. Hard. Yeah, for sure. What was your uh, first 15 comp like? Did you guys play in the top grade? It was, yeah, Crusaders region. So right. it was back when I was at school, I think it was the Press Cup. Um, and then it went to the UC Cup. So it was just Crusaders region. Played run from Timaru through to Nelson, but most of the schools are Christchurch based. Yeah. So my first year in the first 15, we came second to last. Um, second year, we had a few other good players come through and we came eighth, I think. And then my last year at school, we lost the final. So sure, and it was dude. a real, real nice, like, um, trending up. And, yeah. like, can't take a lot of the credit for, like, we had a good group of guys going through the system at the same time. Um, like, so Brody McAllister, he's kind of done that same similar pathway to me. Um, so guys like that. And then there was just heaps of other guys. Um, like Corey Taylor, he's playing for Northland at the moment. He's at, he was our halfback. And a lot of other guys that have, like really good club players on that fringe from out of team that we kind of had go through at the same same time. We were all good mates. So nice. Kind of made it quite a good environment to kind of play in. Yeah. Yeah. Your um, last year of school 40, was that – what year did you make – did we make Barbers together? Was that – that was 2015. Yeah. Was that your last that year of 20, school? That was 2015, yeah, my last year. So kind of – yeah, it was a, it was a weird feeling that Barbers team is – Still one of the best teams I've ever been in, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. Because everyone, everyone had that same like shared disappointment. But then we came together, and you know as well as me, we should have won that game. It was just a ball yeah. the last play. But was it? Was that Josh McKay? Who... Real highlight. Yeah. Was that Josh McKay who scored that try? It was. I think so. It was either Josh McKay or Raymond New, who was another Christchurch yeah. boy, but. Yeah, we should have, we definitely should have won that game. Yeah. Let's um let's kind of go there. Let's go to that Barbars team. So um T C and I made the New Zealand schools camp in twenty fifteen. I was in year twelve. 
uh, Tom's in year 13, and uh, we both missed out on New Zealand schools. And I suppose kind of going on a little bit, a little bit of a tangent here, like looking at where you are now and looking at where I am now, you don't have to make schools. Like schools doesn't make you successful, you know? Like it's nah. it's almost the opposite. Like in our Barbos team, we had Jonah Nariki and look how good he's doing, you know? Like Yeah. One of my one of my good mates is um Will Jordan and he was one of the guns in first fifteen rugby. I think he scored like seventeen or nineteen tries in his year thirteen year. Yeah. And he missed out on school, missed out on the camp completely and like look Did Jill not even make camp? Nah, he's nah, he's kind of taken off so yeah has he what it's definitely not the be all and end all for rugby players out there everyone thinks it is at high school but yeah as soon as you leave high school you kind of get that scope and realization eh? yeah absolutely but it kind of is the be all and end all when you're when you're there and it's so close and it's your main goal and you kind of just get clipped short but i suppose kind of when the team's got named the school's team got to stay at uh the rugby institute and we got sent to like a little a little we army camp yeah we were i don't know where we were but we were at our first three days were like getting to know each other and doing team building like no rugby like we, yeah with those there was an army like thing and like high ropes and like team building and one of the things that actually stood out to me on that um was when the first night i think when we were ordered um we're in that circle and everyone mm. talked about kind of their why and like like why you actually play and i think i was probably three quarters of the way around the circle and like everyone before me like got real deep like yeah. there's boys crying like there was and like when you're kind of 18 like you've still got that kind of i don't, I don't know like that really manly man side of new zealand like you think you crying would be like uncool or whatever yeah I like it kind of stripped it back and like there's a lot of boys shedding tears talking about like family or setbacks that they've had and still kind of got to that point um even at a young age and that was just kind of going around that circle like made me actually think about like my why like always kind of knowing it but like never actually thought about it and like thought about like why she play rugby and like why she like give it so much yeah absolutely like, yeah you gotta have something driving you yeah for sure on that topic what is your why bro Mine's actually, mine's family orientated, like, um, but so I've got a brother who's special needs. He's got autism. He's mm. 26 at the moment. Um, so a lot of my kind of reasons for rugby, like going into it briefly, is kind of around like people like him. He's extremely, he's more passionate about me than the game. Like loves the game more than me, loves mm. the game probably more than anyone that I've ever met. Um, but he's never going to get the opportunity to play rugby. So kind of the way I look at that is that I do have the opportunity. I do have the opportunity to kind of play at a high level. And I don't owe like that, like I don't owe like him winning or I don't owe him um, anything like that. But I'd feel pretty, pretty bad if I didn't give it my all to like take that opportunity. Because I know if he was in this position that he would. So like that's like, that's kind of a kind of motivating factor for me, I think like around like, and it's not just like him. Like it's, there's a lot of people in New Zealand that don't actually get the opportunity to do what they love. And if you're in a position where you can, I reckon like you just got to take it because there's a lot of people that take what we do every day for granted, I reckon. 100%. Um, after the game we played against New Zealand schools, did, didn't you get called in to the team? Yeah. You, you went to the, Aussie, eh? Yeah, I was one of the lucky ones. And it was just... <laughs> I was um a little probably a little bit of too much of a grub in that game, and I remember when I walked into the school's camp, the school's um team for the first time. I think they talked. They you know, I got a couple of good mates in that team, and they they had a meeting before I got there, and a few of them didn't didn't reckon they were going to talk to me for a few days just because yeah yeah I probably crossed the line a little bit. But um now nah, I got over that pretty quickly and made some real good mates from that team as well. So I was pretty fortunate that I got to. Kind of, um, put my finger in both pies and play for both teams. Absolutely, best of both worlds. How good! <laughs> Got both sets of kit. Exactly, mate. That's, <laughs> that's what we were waiting for. That's that's your favourite part about it, eh? You're only in it for the kit. It's, kit that's Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Um. How did you kind of feel going to Shirley? Like, what was your confidence levels like? 
obviously being at like a smaller tier school, having to compete with those big boys, like what was your confidence like? Did you feel like intimidated at all by them or? Oh, not really. I'll tell you a story kind of around my first first game playing first 15 rugby. All through junior rugby, I was a grub. Happy to admit it. Like I was an absolute piece on the rugby field. Like You're I still a grub, mate. Anything. I've had to sort myself out, but I kind of do anything and anything to win. Um, so I had a lot of people and some of my good mates now like can vouch that they hated me through, high, through <laughs> yeah. early high school. So I kind of thought I was pretty much like pretty macho. This young year eleven going to play um, boys high for my first for my debut of um, first fifteen rugby. Yeah, their front row at the time was huge. The only name that I can remember was Blair Princess, but back at school he was a big boy. Yeah. And I remember there was one ruck where I was in the ruck against their full front row, and I've tried to be a grub and kind of push one of the heads <laughs> into the ground or do something stupid. And <laughs> just in your well earned 10 minutes on the pine. All three of them turned around and looked at me. If you do that again, we're going to like lay you out pretty much. <laughs> and that was the end of it for me. Uh, ever since. Ever since that day, I've cleaned my act right up because I just figured <laughs> figured that I just wasn't going to cut it anymore and I just didn't have that same kind of um, presence on the rugby field, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, so I learned I learned pretty quickly that I had to kind of play my role. That's good, though. Learn it early, eh? Ego took a hit. That's all good. Yeah, <laughs> big hit that day. But no, nah, it was good, man. It was real good. Good, bro. Um, moving forward after school, what did you get up to? Uh, after school, I actually... Um, went through the Crusaders Academy stuff, but started an engineering degree. Um, so got um, a year and a half through that, and kind of just the uh, kind of just started to bore me. Like I enjoyed physics and whatnot at school, but when we we're talking about physics of how the roof stays up, uh, just <laughs> it just wasn't for me. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but so yeah, I had to make the decision to drop out of that. And that was quite a big thing because I was fortunate enough to be on a scholarship through an engineering firm that paid for a lot of that uni. So I had to have the conversation, um, had to have those conversations with the kind of academy directors being like, look, like this isn't for me, like I'm going to have to pull pin, but like, does that mean like I lose that scholarship? Yeah. I was like, that was, that was a little bit daunting, but, um, yeah, switched it up to a um, commerce degree studying finance and accounting. That was the best thing I ever did, I reckon, nice. in terms of that. It just made it more enjoyable and something I can actually see myself doing post post rugby if I, if I, if I need to. So Yeah, yeah. Are you um, still studying at the moment? Still, still studying. So I'm almost, almost done. So I have five papers to go. So when I cross that line, it's going to be a... It's gonna be a big day. Yeah, probably a couple of years needed, I reckon. Five, five papers. What in four years? Nah, hopefully this time next year I'll be done. Nice. Who would know? Yeah. Um, you might get a call up, bro. End the year. Um, uni academy, nineteens. Kind of talk us through like your preparation for that uh, first year of your NZ twenties. Yeah, um, it was pretty much 19s, like the 19 stuff that really set me up for 20s because I don't think I would have been the front runner for 20s, especially that first year. Um, just, yeah, because um, even for Canterbury, like, I was battling, position, battling to get the seven jersey um, with one of the other dudes that played seven and were like no one could pick it leading up to the tournament. And at the first game of the tournament, I came off the pine. Mm. So I was, yeah, I don't, th- I definitely don't think I was a front runner there, but somehow we had a pretty good backline at that twenties um, and that, uh, sorry, Canterbury nineteens with likes of Will Jordan, Josh, and a couple other guys who made a lot of breaks. Yeah, so I was pretty fortunate enough to be a seven and run that inside line and sneak a few meat pies off off some breaches out wide, and I think that's probably pretty much right. I think that's. Um, what kind of got me noticed really and just that tournament really that um, set me up for that 20s yeah. 20s year really nice um, gave me a decent decent shot at it what was it like getting named in that 20s that first year that was that was pretty special because i was in a flat um with 
Josh Mackay and Will Jordan and a couple other lads. So I remember they got their phone calls first because um, it's yeah. it's all comes down to so you go to the camps, you go home, and then you get a phone call on a certain day, but you don't know what time. So they got their phone calls first. Both found out they made it. I was like, oh, sweet, <laughs> like. Um, still not sure. Like, and then in your head, you're like, oh, are they going to call the people who didn't make it first or are they going to call the people who didn't make it at the end? Like, so you're thinking all these different like, scenarios and you're just sweating buckets all day pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got my phone call and it was Craig Philpott um, and he pissed around and telling me, he was like, oh, yeah. how are you? Like, oh, what have you been up to recently? Like, how's your day going? Or like all these stupid small talk questions. And yeah, yeah, like, get to the point. Just, just sitting there on the phone going, yep, yeah. And just like, he's like waiting for him to tell you, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then he did and it was good news. Yeah. Um, and that was like pretty surreal feeling and to like be able to share that with a couple of the other boys and like celebrate um, and like have it as like a shared experience was pretty mean as well, I reckon. Yeah, nice. I remember my second year um, after Oceania and they were naming the team for World Cup, the second year that I missed out on World Cup. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking to myself, fuck, if I get a call from from Rick D, I'll, I'm good. But if I get a call from yeah. Pitsy, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro, uh, bro, my phone rang. Like yeah, my phone rang Potsy, beauty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beauty. Just, so don't, I hung up, just don't even just don't even answer it. Eh? Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just don't don't worry, Potsy. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> um, that first World Cup of yours, bro. What was that like? That was mean. It was um, we had an unreal team. Like you can't uh, we yeah. we that team on paper was always going to do good things. Like you had the likes of Dalton, Luke, Asafo. Like all these guys in the All Blacks now, um, and more. Um, so that team was always gonna always gonna do well. Um but yeah, it was like a pretty cool trip as well. Like we went over to Georgia. Um, a lot of people probably don't even know where that is. It's kind of below Russia. So I was like, I didn't even know what to expect going over there. And the first place we stayed was like this rugby mad plus town that wasn't the capital, and it was pretty like not third world, but like close, closer to it than what we're used to. Yeah. Like stray dogs everywhere, like kind of a lot of abandoned buildings, like things like that. So we're kind of pretty much in the hotel the whole time and didn't really get to experience a lot of it. So it was pretty like surreal, really. Yeah. And then we moved to the capital, um, and that was like a proper city and like go out, grab a taxi, go into town kind of thing. But in terms of the rugby, like yeah, playing with some of those guys was such an experience um and just like the type of rugby that we played as well like there was like guys on that team that like they just had confidence like and like so much confidence and like Mm. there was never like if you wanted to throw a pass like you just throw it and for that team would just come off like (laughs) pretty much like the point the point of difference like you could i'd even back myself put a chip and chase and then that team would probably come off yeah yeah that's saying something yeah um, any like major learnings in hindsight from that from that um twenty? Obviously, you guys you guys took it out, got the chip. Um, what was your main learning from that experience? I think it was like that was my first kind of taste of what kind of professional rugby is like. Well, I know that's semi professional team, but like you're training mm. every day, you're in that kind of environment where you're um kind of trained with the, in the hotel with the lads like yeah. you know what it's like um so it's kind of that first taste of what it could be like and i think that was probably like the main learning of kind of what it takes to like be able to perform in the weekend like what do you have to do during the week because it, it like that team like you're with a lot of your mates so it's easy to get kind of um like me and you in 20s like we'd always hang out like we'd piss around and yeah. just have a laugh um, and like you do that, but like, what's the big rocks for me to, that I actually need to do to make sure I'm good to go on the weekend, and then I can then I can go do all that stuff. Yeah, nice. I think those are the things that I probably learned. Yeah, because you get it like you get it wrong as well, but mm. like you kind of go both ends of the spectrum. Maybe you do too much, maybe you do too less, but you got to find that sweet spot in the middle, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, your second year in twenties, you had the 
you had the arm man, your captain. What was that like? Yeah, that was different. Um, that was real different because that was uh, – I did a little bit of captaincy like through school and whatnot, but like that was the first time that I felt like the pressure of captaincy and like did a lot of work with John Quinn, who was the um, mental skills coach for that team, but he was also the mental skills coach down down in Canterbury and down for the Crusaders. Yeah. Um, so I'd worked with him a lot in the past, which made a huge difference. So it was quite a, like a trusted relationship. Um, and I pretty much just went to him with absolutely everything. Like we talked about, like, like what's my leadership style going to be like? Like, how do I lead? And what I found for that team was, um, like, if I'm playing well, like everything else just kind of takes away from itself. And that that tournament was mm. some of the kind of best rugby that I've actually played um, in terms of like playing well and playing well consecutively. Like I just found found my stride. Um, and I think it was because that's all I was focused on. Like yeah. I didn't really, I focused on the captaincy, but like I just knew if I could play well, um, it wouldn't really matter kind of what I wanted to do. Like the boys would hopefully follow. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so it was, it was different. Like, cause you, as captain, like you think about things way differently because it's um, like, you've obviously got quite a, big role to play like even like how you who you talk to like who you hang out with like you want to make sure that you're kind of connected with everyone yeah and like friends with everyone first because like you got to understand like who you're working with and who's yeah. like around you who do you trust like in terms of giving roles and whatnot yeah um earlier you kind of mentioned it was the first time you experienced a little bit of captain pressure how would you describe that? What's like an example if you've got one? Uh, it's just like, um, obviously like anytime you wear um, a black jersey at any level, I've, um, that's obviously the highest level I've ever worn it at. Like there's always that kind of expectation, um, expectation to win, expectation to do well. And mm. obviously that the New Zealand 20s doesn't have that um like the whole country's it's not like a whole country's watching it thing, but like there's still those diehard New Zealand fans that kind of have those expectations. Yeah. Um, and as captain, often like you're the kind of captain and coach, you can be like put the face of that. So yeah, I remember like there was games in that tournament that where we lost. Um, and like before you even thought about the loss, like you're hurting from losing the semi, and then you've got to go talk to talk to the media and like do an interview. And around that and just like face it yeah. um so you don't really get that time for it to like sink in and um and like actually think about think about things you yeah. kind of just got to walk walk towards it and face it which is it was difficult um but again like, i just had to find some people to get around me um and there's some pretty good people in Christchurch that i could talk to about that stuff and because i'm not like a natural talking to media like it's all that stuff doesn't come naturally. Yeah. Um, the stuff that I've had to kind of talk to people about and kind of figure out like how I'm going to approach it and how I'm going to do it. Yeah, for I sure. Guess. I guess looking in hindsight, it was a, um, a big learning experience for you, but probably an enjoyable one as well. Um, kind of after that, what kind of happened after that? So obviously you would have went into a Mitre 10, what it was called back then with Canterbury. At which point did you sign with them and at which point did you have a gig with the Crusaders? Um, yeah, this is where it kind of got a little bit kind of different for me, I guess, because my first year, 20s, um, I didn't have a Mighty 10 Cup gig. So, and I would have been pretty confident to say there would have only been one or two of us if that, that didn't from that um, first year, 20s. 100%. Um, so, like, for me, it's like, well, everyone else is kind of going to my 10, like going into super. Um, and, and I was kind of getting ready to play 19s again, but I was also kind of given a green light to come train with Canterbury on like a, on a nothing contract, basically. Just if you want to train, like the doors open yeah. and like get around and obviously like I had nothing better to do. So down there every day and just why not kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was quite hard to handle because obviously you compare yourself to your mates, like you yeah. want to be where everyone else is. And for me, it felt like I was almost lagging behind a little bit. Um, but yeah, that year pretty much just trained 
um, trained all my ten, and I was really fortunate for me um, that there was an injury in the semi final, which meant that there was a spot for me on the bench in the final. So oh, I made my debut. It was, it was all four minutes, but I think I might have made one tackle, which didn't contribute to the result. But <laughs> it's actually my only, it's actually my only Mighty um, Ten Cup title. So I'm going to claim it. Absolutely. I claim that I did make an impact and earn that title, but yeah. I don't know if you can in four minutes. But yeah. Um, but nah, and then obviously a lot of those boys were going super. Um, I had 20, luckily I had 20s again, so I could kind of really nail that focus down um, and just kind of really focus on that team and get it to a high performing level and get it going well, which was the kind of goal. Um, and then after that, yeah, I had no, I played another full year of Mighty 10, but had no super. Um, so really? Just, yeah, so I was, after six, that, and that was like obviously we talk with kind of our agents and stuff. Like after two years playing into twenties, like my natural pathway was play super, and mm. like that was my goal. Like was pretty determined. Um, but yeah, just if I wanted to stay at Crusaders, there was just no room because we had the likes of Karen Reed, Matt Todd, um, Jordy Taffer still, mm. and then like um, your Tom Sanders and Fitu Douglas and people like that. Um, so there's simply just no room. Um, and that, yeah, it, it was kind of a decision that I kind of had to make is do I want to stay with Crusaders and not be kind of where I want to be, I guess, or do I want to look elsewhere and see if I can pick something up elsewhere and kind of yeah. get kick-started? And that, yeah, that wasn't an easy decision. Like, um it was definitely, I definitely made the right decision and I'm like pretty stoked about that. But yeah, it was, it was like, it was a pretty hard decision because it felt, it almost felt like I was again, like falling behind, like, and yeah. you have all those kind of self doubts, like as a year of kind of not really doing much going to affect me. Um, but it, in the end, it, it worked out. I kind of stayed obviously stayed in Canterbury but ended up training with the Crusaders all year kind of behind Toddy um, which is like again like a huge huge learning year for me didn't play obviously didn't play a lot of professional rugby until my 10 rolled again around again but like a year sitting behind someone like Matt Todd and even being around people like Kieran Reid and yeah. whatnot like it's hugely like valuable yeah. um, and like taking that extra year made me way better off for it. Like I was able to actually come in and play super rather than kind of come in and like not really not really be sure if I was at that level yet. Yeah, nice. Um probably a few things for me taking out of that. Um did you have any chats with any other teams? Yeah, the um the blues really. Oh, there was yeah. an opportunity for me to kind of head up to Auckland. Um, and that was the only really one that was that um, was an option really. Um, but yeah, so it was pretty much a choice between heading up to Auckland or staying down in staying down in Canterbury and kind of working away for a year. So nice, interesting. Um, I can't imagine you in blue, eh? To be honest, no, nah, I don't know if I could <laughs> either. But yeah, um, and the other thing was you kind of touched on it twice um, in two separate points there. You kind of felt like you were lagging behind. Um, kind of talk to us about like comparing yourself to others and how you kind of got past that. Because I've been in that situation as well. Like I've been comparing myself to um, like people my age. Um, if I've gone on, I haven't, you know, type of thing. So yeah, yeah. how did you deal that's, with it? That's, that's an interesting one because one of like, I've uh, I've kind of touched on it, but one of my good mates is Will Jordan. We'd lived together for kind of four or five years. It's only now, just recently, that we've kind of stopped living together. Mm. Um, so and his his pathway is completely different to mine. Like he um, went through that 2017 year with um, 20s, and then into Super um, had a couple of had a couple of injuries that stopped him from playing, but like was always going to go that super pathway and was mm. pretty fast tracked through it. Um, 
And then I live with Josh McKay as well, who was pretty similar. So like, and obviously like as a young New Zealand rugby player, like you always have kind of your goals and your goals have timelines to them. So you kind of know when you want to be hitting them, you know, when you will kind of want to make that next step. So it did almost feel like you were um, failing a little bit or you weren't sure. And obviously now knowing like you can't compare yourself to others because you're completely different athletes, like completely different circumstances. Like there's different guys in positions, there's different spots opening up. Like there's all these contributing factors. But at the time, that's when all that kind of self-doubt comes in. Like, am I good enough? Like, how like where where am I going to overcome this where am I going to get my opportunity and it is a little bit about like I just had to be patient um and I was lucky that I had I was in kind of good environments down at the Crusaders like I had um like the Crusaders Academy and all those kind of support networks that you can kind of openly talk about it and um like people like John Quinn the mental skills coach you kind of have a 30 minute catch up with him and it's quite like you realize a lot of things and you realize like actually what I'm doing is right on track or I'm right where I need to be kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably how I kind of overcome it really. Yeah. Nice. I think a key sort of message out there is like you kind of run your own race, I suppose. Like you're, you, you may have timelines out there, but it's just inevitable that you might not hit them. And I think it's important to kind of realize that, you don't have to go as fast as as someone else, and I think for like for you, like like Jill and J Mac, outside backs, and you're a flanker, you know, like it's yeah. it's just not you guys aren't meant to go at the same pace type of thing. So, um, yeah, I, and and the other thing that I kind of wanted to take out of that was what was it like rubbing shoulders with with Karen Reed, All Black captain? Um, what's he like outside of the game? So, what's he like in the locker room? Um, what's he like off the field? having a coffee well it was like pretty um surreal really like obviously being crusaders academy you're kind of in the in the same building with all those guys but you're kind of down the other end so you don't really you mingle a little bit and you're kind of around each other but i remember the kind of first time i kind of walked into that change room you kind of see your name on the wall and you've got you got yourself a locker um whether it's for two weeks three weeks well, you're there for the year. Mine was, I think my first time coming in, I was had I was in for like a fixed maybe five weeks yeah. um over the summer. And like you it's even just like the little things of seeing your name on the wall, it's like pretty like far out kind of thing, especially yeah. when you're that young. Um but I remember the first time when I met Karen Reed, like I was obviously nervous. I was never gonna go up to him and never gonna say like good day, like you never obviously you don't expect someone like that to know your name or anything like that. It's all kind of like these are the people that you look at, looked at on TV and like that's kind of all they are at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like as soon as you kind of walk into the change room or as soon as he walks into the change room, like he's straight, like he, they beeline for you, like they introduce themselves and like you actually feel like you can have, like have a yarn to them. Like they'll ask you questions and just like little things like that to actually make you feel welcome. Yeah. And it's like those kind of things that like kind of break down those barriers. Like obviously still like I was never I wasn't gonna drop any chat or like you know like well, I hope not because your chat's fucking rubbish. Yeah, it's fair. But <laughs> but I wasn't like wasn't confident, but like it just breaks down those barriers and like you actually see them for people rather than like yeah the people that you see on TV or what you expect. Did he know your and, name? Like, first, hey. Did he know your name? Did he come up and say? I introduced myself. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just wait. Hey, Rito. I'm gonna wait for you to come say hi, mate. Yeah. I run this. I had to, to introduce myself. Um, but but even like the first time, I think it was after a preseason game, like you share a beer with all those guys, and yet she kind of you sit around like the people that you know, the people that are your age, I think it was like Braden Enor and things like that. Yeah. First year that I was in. So we're all kind of sitting around, but then like they kind of get you involved and you kind of just see them having a couple of beers enjoying themselves. And like, that's yeah, it's pretty surreal, man. Like yeah. being able to like, be around those guys that you've like looked, looked up to growing up and just see them as people and eventually as mates. Nice. 
Your Crusaders debut, uh, tell us about it. Yeah, it was um, Waratahs up in Nelson, at, um, first first game last year. Um, it was unreal, man. Like that was a moment that I've waited for for so long, um, and like something that I've always dreamed about. Like, I've, I'm a kid who's like been brought up in Christchurch, so like always mm. supported the Crusaders. Um, and like even like the Crusaders number seven jersey, like it's not a jersey that's been thrown around a lot. Um, and some of the people who have worn it um, in the past, like so Richie and Toddy, like they've done some pretty amazing things in that jersey. So it's like pretty special. Yeah. And I never expected my debut to be able to chuck that jersey on. Yeah. Um, you'd always assume that for a debut, you might be wearing 20 or yeah. some, something more, more like that. Um, so yeah, so when I got presented the jersey and like actually got to put it on, it did have like a bit of a moment um, where you're like, shit. So your emotions are pretty high going up towards the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as that whistle whistle goes, I think it was for me when I made my first tackle. Then it's just, then you kind of just like breathe, you go, and then you just play rugby. Like you realise that it's all the same, but. But yeah, it was a pretty special day. It's probably one of my. It still is my favourite memory in the Crusaders jersey so far. Just yeah, that whole game really. Yeah, nice. Talk to us about the Crusaders environment, bro. Um, it goes without saying that you guys have been successful over the last decade. What makes it so special? Um, what's the culture like? What's what's Razor like with the boys? Um, yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Like, it's um, it's an amazing environment, but I don't have a lot of things to compare it to. It's just kind of what that's the only environment that I've really kind of been a part of um, at that kind of level, anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's I know we focus a lot on like connecting and like being mates first, um, and I that's the I'm guessing the same as every other club. Like everyone's great mates, but just everyone kind of knows their role, knows their place. Um, but anyone can kind of talk to anyone and just like little things like that. Like everyone, everyone's comfortable around each other to a certain degree enough that the team can um, perform and like it's their shared, shared goal, I guess. Yeah. And Razor's, he's real good at what he does. Like he's a good, a great coach for one, but like, just the way he is around all the players, um, how he kind of interacts with everyone, whether you're your first day of summer, like a you know, wider training squad for the summer, or whether you're kind of been an all black for like your Sam Whitelock sort of played a hundred tests for the all blacks kind of thing. Like he treats everyone pretty, pretty similarly and interacts yeah. with everyone. I think it's just those like micro conversations, micro conversations that like really make the difference um, yeah. with people like feeling comfortable and, Things like that. Yeah, that's a huge part of. Who um who kind of leads it? Because there's obviously um there's obviously like a, a difference between you guys and and other clubs. Um, don't get me wrong, other clubs are successful, but your legacy and dynasty is um unheard of. Who kind of is it just uh, solely from like Razor and the coaches or or the captain or is it? Was it like um, Richie or? I think it's, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like when you, um, when you kind of come in, like there's no, like we don't, it's not really talked about. Like we don't, we don't have this kind of recipe or we don't have like do this, this, this. Mm. Um, and like the leaders aren't, like we've got some amazing leaders in that team. You looked at like, you mentioned Richie, but like Sam Whitelock, Scooter, Davey, like all those boys, like there's some amazing leaders in that and in, in the group. Yeah. So we're very fortunate for that um, for a start. But I think like the young guys and even my experience coming in being a young guy, um, like you're never told like what you're gonna do, but it's expected of you. And I think you kind of just know what's expected of you and you just go and do it without without being questioned or without being asked um and like it's well there's not a lot of pressure around it but you just know um like the legacy the dudes who have gone before you the kind of rich history of the club like 
when you're kind of in that environment, there's, there's a job to do and you make sure it gets done kind of thing. Yeah. What's um, what's it like having Richie in your team, Ray? He's probably the best player on the on the planet at the moment. What's he like? <laughs> like he's he's a player that can just grab a game. Like yeah. we've found ourselves in some pretty stick, sticky situations, even when I've just the last two years when I've been playing, and he's got an ability to just grab a game and and just take over. It's like when you're playing 2K and your little takeover meter comes up. Like he's got that, <laughs> he's got that sort of rugby level, man. Like it's that's freakish. Yeah. But uh, nah, and he's like, he's another example of just a dude who's like so welcoming. Like he's he's a jokester off the field, and like one of the funniest blokes in the team. But like he's like real welcoming as well. Like he's he know that he knows when to pick his moments and yeah. kind of drop some chat on you. But then he'll <laughs> often doesn't take it, take it over that line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's um. Yeah, I, I can, it's it's pretty easy to see how he flips the game on its head and he can change the momentum with one thing in three or four yeah. seconds and like that to me is world class, especially at that level. And to do it consistently, week in, week out, like there's not much else you can ask for, man. He's world class. And he's like what you need from a 10 as well. Like he demands like excellence from everyone around him. Like he, he knows what he needs from his forwards and he makes sure he's he makes sure that it gets done kind of thing. Yeah. So he, he's got that kind of presence as well, where if he asks for something, like, you know, like, where it can get to, so you just make sure mm. it gets done for him. Nice. He's definitely a walking cheat code. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving moving on, uh, what was it like getting picked for that North versus South game? I suppose that kind of, like, you strung together quite a few good performances for the Saders, like, you started quite a bit throughout that year and then you made the south team to play the north team that's almost like a historically an all blacks trial how did how did you feel going into that yeah that was that was um pretty buzzy man because i that year kind of was never well obviously like my goal has always been to kind of get to that kind of top level i've got the same goal as every kind of little boy in new zealand like you want to play for the all blacks but that's like the goal that everyone's got but for that year, that was never really, like, I never just saw it in my sights. Like it was never something that I thought was going to be like achievable. Like all I was kind of focused on was uh, playing for the Crusaders and trying to get that starting starting jersey, I guess. Yeah. Um, so when that kind of opportunity came knocking, it was just, it was pretty like um, breath, like it kind of took your breath away just because you never really thought it was, um, gonna like gonna happen or is never gonna be an opportunity that that kind of soon yeah um but yeah that south team was pretty cool to kind of experience and it gave me a lot of hunger as well of like what could be what could be next um and obviously like um that's it was a pretty cool game and the way it finished was mm. um epic with, i think it was will getting that try right at the end um that's such a will yeah, jordan was, thing to do eh? very tinny yeah very tinny um, but yeah, it just kind of gave me that kind of hunger around like, all right, like this, this could be next, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's obviously something you got to work hard for, especially in New Zealand. But yeah, it's, I think that's kind of the main point around it. It's just giving me that little bit of extra drive. hundred percent. Um, let's kind of fast forward to your injury. Um, how'd you get it and what'd you do? Uh, dislocated shoulder, so I've had to have a full um, full shoulder reconstruction. Um, but it was against the Chiefs in round three this year. I tried to bump someone off, which I probably shouldn't do. The man um, will do that to you, bro. Yeah, try tried to bump someone off and ended up a bit worse worse for wear. Really, I've ended at the bottom of the pile with someone coming down from on top, and it's just clicked my shoulder out of place. So I didn't actually knew, know that I did it at the time. I just it wasn't sore like, it didn't hurt at all um but like my arm was just stuck like it wouldn't move yeah. and the physios and doctors came over and they thought i was trying to milk a penalty and i was like nah like i don't know, really know what's wrong like my arms just won't move and they found they realized pretty quickly that it was uh not where it should have been it was quite far dislocated so yeah, yeah. had to make the walk down the tunnel and haven't been able to walk back out it since so yeah yeah it's been a, it's been a little bit um tough really i think 
at the start, because I remember the night that I went to hospital and I left the hospital and the d- dude who did the x-rays is like, oh, no, like, you'll be sweet. Like, just wear a sling for two weeks and, like, then you'll just be able to, like, probably be playing rugby again in three weeks. So, obviously, I've heard that and just gone, oh, you beauty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to be out for the season, but like this rooster just told me I'm out for three weeks. So like happy days, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, welcome, welcome you back, boys. Yeah, like the, um, but then got to injury clinic the next day, and our team doctor wasn't so optimistic. He was like, "Well, if you don't need surgery, it's probably going to be a six to eight weeks, and if you do need surgery, we're talking about six to nine months." So I was like, oh, "Sweet," but like. Obviously, took the six to eight weeks. Like, surgery wasn't, wasn't <laughs> really, take, yeah, I'll take the I'll wasn't take really the what I was thinking about at that time. Um, so like, even then, like, I was pretty chipper about it. Kind of everyone was like, oh, How are you? I was like, No, 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 like, I'm pretty good. Like, six weeks tops, like, I'll be all good by the end of the like, I'll be playing again, kind of thing. And then had an MRI, and it just kind of kept getting worse and worse. Like, <laughs> the MRI. The MRI showed that like I'd done a pretty good job. Like I've ripped it out, kind of yeah. thing, um, and it's definitely a surgery job. So I was, we're talking six to nine months, um, and even now, like we're, that's definitely a nine month just to get it right. So <laughs> I guess there was three or four stages where it kind of just dropped down a level, and I think in a weird way like that made it easier because I I tore my hammy last year. Um, and I remember getting back to the changing room and I broke down a wee bit just because it was right when I kind of started playing super rugby, started off the season pretty well. And then I got this injury mm. and I was like, well, shit, like, I'm probably going to miss most of the season. But it's kind of like the bad end, like a fairy tale start, I guess. Um, yeah. So like that, that, there was, that there was pretty tough. Whereas this one kind of always had hope that I was going to play. Um, so it wasn't, it didn't really have that sudden like, oh, like now I'm done. Like I never really accepted that it was going to be over for the year. Yeah. And I think by the time, like I got to the point where I did have to accept that and go like, All right, like I've, I've screwed it here. Like it's, it's pretty well done. Like I'd already had those chats around, like if I'm going to have a year off, like, how's it going to benefit me going forward like is it mm. like, uh, the people around me kind of kind of made it feel more like a sabbatical rather than like a injury and like how yeah. we can actually utilize this time to for the better um rather than just kind of being out of the game for nine months i guess yeah so it was as was, was a weird one it hasn't been e- like, it hasn't been easy um i'd be lying if i said it's been easy of like watching the boys play, like watching the boys go to the final and things. Yeah. But it's just been about like, I think I've surprised myself around like how much I can still do around like influence, influencing the team and playing my role, even if it's not on the field. Yeah. Um, so that's probably been the kind of saving grace really. Nice. I suppose um, your biggest learning out of that is bumping's never been your specialty, has it? Nah, oh, I learned that pretty quick. I don't think I've ever bumped off anyone in my life, so I don't know why I gave it a go. I'm probably better off to try a goosey or something. That's <laughs> not a great start. You definitely weren't trying to bump Xavier, right? otherwise you would have walked straight over him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of talk, obviously it sounds like, obviously it was like a snowball effect that got worse and worse. So how did you, how did you deal with that? Yeah, I Men- think I mentally, just, how did it affect your mental your mental well being? Yeah, it was it was hard because like obviously whenever you get injured, like you know straight away that someone else is getting their opportunity. And yeah. I know for like how my career kind of started with the Crusaders, like I I got an opportunity, and it just comes back to how like whether you take it or not, whether like and I knew someone else could easily have done that, like with the talent that we've got in the Crusaders, like. Like you'd be lying if you thought, but oh no, like it's, like I've got it locked up, kind of thing. Like yeah, yeah. It's just it's easy for someone to take their opportunity and then kind of never really get second looked after that. Um, so like all those thoughts like come through. Um, but this year, just because I kind of did have last year, um, felt a little bit more kind of established, I guess. And in a way, like obviously I'm not an established. 
Crusader. I've only played one and three games, uh, one season and three games. So, like, mm. but just kind of had a little bit more kind of self backing, I guess, like of what I kind of have already done and can kind of trust that 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 I will kind of get back to that level. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been the kind of thing that gets me through. Like the injury that I had last year, I had all those thoughts like, what if I never kind of reach that level? Like, what if I've always got this kind of lingering injury that I can't like commit to a game? Um, and obviously last year being able to kind of overcome that um, and kind of play at a, the same level as a pre-injury, like just kind of gave me a lot more confidence this year that like I'm actually okay. Yeah. Like, I don't have to worry um that I, if i put the work in like the rug i can get back to that level yeah for I sure been, like the reassuring factor yeah nice um and i suppose you got a good group of mates down there that kind of keep you in check as well eh? yeah it's pretty humbling like you can't get too far ahead of yourself down here they'll give you a reality check pretty quickly so yeah. it's the best of having mates really that's good bro <laughs> <laughs> um we've got quite a few questions that uh, i'm pretty keen to rip into yo um one from me just to start what was it like being a Christchurch boy um being a seven captain in the 20s then playing in the Crusaders seven jersey after after Richie like that would have been pretty prestigious eh? would have been a moment oh um Richie's like there's obviously a lot of people in the country looked up to him when they're a kid but like bang from Christchurch obviously did that especially um mm -hmm. and even yeah like it was it was just surreal like to be perfectly honest to be able to like wear that jersey and you obviously before i put it on you kind of think about all those things like the people that have put it on before you and like like how much of an honor it is and i think that kind of year where i had um where i kind of could have left i could have gone somewhere else but i kind of hung around and stayed um and like, re like i really wanted to play for the crusaders like that was something that if i did leave i'd never be able to forgive myself for like not like at least giving it a crack yeah um so i think all those factors kind of for that debut is what made it so special but because yeah like one of i think that would have been my biggest regret if i left the crusaders and i was never able to kind of look um look in the mirror and be like nah like I gave it a good crack. If I had if I had to leave and play somewhere else, but like I gave it a good go, I'd be able to live with that. But if I left early before doing that, I just I wouldn't sit right with me. Yeah, nice. So I think that all like, just yeah, all contributed to that feeling. Eh? Yeah. Um, your favorite moment playing for Shirley Boys? Um, it's probably definitely that final in year thirteen, like um reflecting on how far that team had come from year 11 and like making that final or even if you take a step back winning the semi-final because we beat boys high at boys high um to get there and that was a pretty special special day for the school i think um yeah we don't beat Russia's boys too often so when we do um that's that's pretty memorable um so that game there was probably particularly pretty special nice um still being a hacker on the golf course what's your handy well it depends am i if i'm playing in a tournament because i'm not um don't have any that dot golf membership at the moment so yeah. I'm playing in a tournament i'll take the highest i can get <laughs> <laughs> and try and try and burgle a little bit but uh now nah, if i'm playing off the stack i'd give myself around that kind of 18 19 Shit, that's not bad. I was expecting the consecutive triple bogeys, but that might be oh, me. There's definitely, there's definitely a few triple bogeys, but by that stage, I'll pick the ball up and just write down a... <laughs> just a humble four putt. Yeah. <laughs> um, specific examples um, that, have, that you've made in your... Um, sorry, changes that you've made in your training to go pro since leaving school. Yeah, um, I think for me, it's just been around like getting it more specific, like everything. Um, since leaving school, like obviously when you're at school, like you don't really know, like you don't know kind of anything really. Um, yeah. and you just want to do everything. Like someone will tell you something, you go out there and do it because like you think that's what's best. 
but I think over the years, like the more specific I've gotten, like even with eating or like um, training, like and like what I'm actually trying to get out of training. So like in the gym, even now, um, like is it am I trying to get stronger? Am I trying to get faster? Like what is it I'm trying to do? And like that's that's my focus, and like being able to dial in on that, and it makes it quite rewarding because you see your see your results change as well. So like trying to just for me pretty much it's been trying to put size on so like that's been the main goal since i left school to get to the professional level just kind of get bigger get more physical um so you can kind of have that presence on the rugby field so that's what all my training was kind of directed towards yeah nice um if your footy career ended tomorrow what would you do what are your plans what career path Uh, do you take well, I think I'd have to fall back on my uni degree at the moment. Yeah. So I'd probably, I'd like to see, I'd obviously finish that off first and then potentially go down like a pathway to be like an um, investment advisor or a financial advisor, something like that, something to play with some other people's money. <laughs> um, nice, bro. You, you can, I'll do your investments, bro. Not at all, bro. You're not touching my <laughs> coin. <laughs> Who's going to win the Dwayne Monkley medal in this year's NPC? Ah, far out. Who's the um, big guns? Well, I don't know. We've just signed um, Waisaki down at Canterbury. You would, everyone would have found out recently. So um, hopefully he'll know his old form. But yeah, otherwise there's like some pretty um, good young guns coming through. Um, hopefully someone like Fergus Burke or someone from Canterbury will um, put their put their hand up. Nice. Um, he's been he's been going pretty good recently. So yeah. But yeah, yeah who knows? Um, 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 um what's the next one? Someone wants to know if you're going to R and V. Are you going to R and V? I've got a ticket. Oh, so you're an animal. We haven't we haven't made our plans yet, but a ticket's a good start. Absolutely. Um <laughs> How old are you with that receding hairline of doom? Oh, disrespect. That's probably asked by you, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it is, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm 23, so they get a get a fair bit of stick for it. But I'm not I'm not like an Izzy Dag who's got enough coin that they can fix it just yet. <laughs> Slap a bit on. Um, yeah. What are your future goals, short term and long term, bro? Short term is definitely just getting back from this injury. Um, so, yeah, kind of getting my body ready to play again and um, kind of get to that next level, I guess. So that kind of encompasses the long-term goal as well of kind of reaching reaching that international level and trying to trying to build my case to, to get there. But, yeah, definitely just focused on getting back from injury at the moment um, and just getting back to playing again. But, you miss it when you're not playing, so yeah, absolutely. Nice break. Uh, last two who's your favorite rugby hero, rugby player? You have to go with Richie. I've watched them all, all um, growing up, like, and he's obviously the goat of the goat of New Zealand rugby. Yeah. in DC, so um, yeah, definitely Richie. Nice, bro. And last one, something that I'm pretty big on here. Um, how's your mental health? Yeah, it's good. Like, um, there's obviously been like challenges in my life, and like even recently, like there's been challenges with injury and a couple of other other things that have gone on. Um, but yeah, and no, I feel like I'm doing pretty well, um, and like, I'm pretty feel like I'm pretty aware these days. Like, I don't yeah. take mental health lightly. It's not something that I'll I try and like shy away from. Um, yeah. And like there are, I've had to have a few like tough conversations with some people that I trust this year, just to like open up a lot more. Yeah. Um. Because that's something like back in the day, like I used to shy away and like deal with it all myself. Um. But yeah, I've, over the probably the last two years, I've realised it's just not not the way to go about it. Um. And I've found myself like a lot better off for it, just being able to talk, and even if it's something small, like just getting on the phone or going to catch up with someone yeah. and just yarn about it. And they might, sometimes they might like just like, yeah, say something small back, but like just yeah. find just talking about it even before you get a response. 
Yeah, nice. No, I appreciate you. Um, appreciate you opening up, bro. Um, I I feel like there's a a big spotlight coming on mental health, and I think it's needed. I think we all owe each other kind of um to push that message across. And I think coming from people like yourself and people who've got quite a big status and stuff, people are definitely going to listen. So, um, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast, bro. I think it's good that you're just a classic example of um, you don't have to go to a big school to to kind of play at a high level of rugby. And um, I suppose the video circling around at the moment with Davey Harvilly is another another one. So I think for any young listeners out there, um, it's not the be-all and end-all if you don't make teams, if you're not on first 15. Um, everyone's got, it, got their own journey and they're all um, going at their own pace. So never give up. I gave up. No, I didn't. Um, but look, <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, look, I appreciate you jumping on, bro. Um, thank you for your time. No, I appreciate it, man. Like, it's good to get on here. Like, me and you have been mates for a while, so it's firstly good to catch up and have a yarn. But no, nah, um, I really think what, you, what you're getting up to at the moment is going to be main and have a big effect. So nah, always willing to help out and get myself out there, but also help you out as well. So it's main. Uh, nice, bro. appreciate that. Um, where can everyone find you if they want to find you on the gram? On the gram, it's uh, Tom Christie underscore underscore. So, um, yeah, I'm always happy to, if people want to reach out, um, just flick me a message and I'll um, get back to you. So, and we can just yarn, or if it's something about rugby, like, just fire up through.